Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the King Louie. To my Bagheera, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm uh, sitting atop my throne with my many minions to send out and give me delectables. And our very own Baloo. That's right. It's Eric Ronenbeck. Eric, how you doing? Strutting around, man. Being relaxed and uh, enjoying my summer. Nice. So um, we are here. That it is the uh, kind of the end of the off season. They finally uh, came to an agreement. Football is on track to be played. Um, most of the other leagues have a, kind of a bubble system. Uh, the NFL will not be using that, but they will be testing every day, at least at first, and for the first 14 days. And then uh, they'll be moving on to sync one test every other day after that. Um, so... One, we can all dunk on Brett now, who was so sure that we weren't going to have football this year. That's a great feeling. Uh, (laughs) Podcast pastime. Yeah, but then, but the other thing is, is that um, it's good because every player, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Bruce Irvin, all these uh, DK Megat, they are all sending out, sent out a tweet, you know, the hashtag we want to play about how they were, uh, you know, we need to put health and safety first. We want to play, but you guys need to take this more seriously. And I thought it was really good. Um, it was awesome that they held the NFL accountable because it's, it's ridiculous. The NFL declared that they agreed with, they would use a neutral party to kind of determine what their health protocol should be. And then they tried to go against some of their recommendations. It's like, and working in the field that we do where we're experiencing exactly that scenario right now, we understand the NFL's frustration. Yeah. It's like, these are the guidelines. Okay. If you can't follow the guidelines, we shouldn't go to work. Come on, man. It's not, it's not that difficult. If we're not going to follow them, then they're no longer guidelines. They're just like words you had someone write somewhere. Some kind of neat stuff mm-hmm. goes in there, Eric. That I don't know if you heard that they have Minnesota Vikings talked about how they're going to have bracelets, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be league wide. <laughs> and when you're the bracelets beep when you're within ten feet of someone, uh, and they uh, they or they vibrate when you're within ten feet of someone, and beep when you're within six feet of someone. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, they're, so they're going what full stealth video game? Is that what they're doing? Like, uh, I'm more thinking the heart monitor from Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, your target is getting away. Yeah. That's a, uh, that, one of them that's a, a phrase Kirk Cousins hears a lot. Oh, <laughs> I like how you didn't go for Trubisky on that one. Way to elevate your joke a little bit. Yeah, I think that I don't know. It's um, it's tough. It's tough to um, for it all to be perfect. But it sounds like they have a nice set of health protocols that will keep the players healthy. They have a plan for what to do if it starts to get bad. And um, that should help stop the spread of the virus among the league and allow uh, at least us to watch football on TV, right? Maybe not in person, but football on TV, which, pretty, which will be pretty awesome. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of irony that's fun. What? Um, the Toronto Blue Jays are playing their baseball in Buffalo uh, after years of rumors <laughs> about the Buffalo Bills having to move to Toronto. I just, I find that funny. <laughs> yeah, because Toronto, Toronto doesn't want... Uh, Major they sporting don't events. want major sporting events in their city, especially if it involves Americans, which yep. I'll be honest, I don't even blame them at this yeah. point. We're handling it pretty poorly. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so they can still uh, have Maple Leafs hockey because it's just no major sporting events. Okay, can Shots I, fired. Can I, can I get something off my I, back? Yeah. Please do. I'm, I'm so tired of all these trade rumors this offseason where people are just like roster baiting at home to the, to the players they think we're going to get. It's like, are we going to get Antonio Brown? Are we going to get Jamal Adams? Are we going to get Chris Jones? It's like, hey, can we just like wait till one of the none? Of, we got none of them. We were like <laughs> over a million on these. Our top free agent signing is still Greg Olson. Uh, 
or maybe Greg Olson's corpse. I don't know how how much he's got left in the tank. So <laughs> I'm I'm not super pumped about the the free agency this offseason. And we've been linked to like 101 guys and came up empty on all of them. So maybe pump the brakes on all the trade speculation. I don't know. That's I, that's my. I it's think people fun, are desperate but... for it, though. I mean, we didn't we didn't have that big defensive signing that we thought we would. Uh, it's not over yet, but uh, people are hungry, and you know the the headline that the Seahawks have supposedly the worst defensive line in football. You know the the fans are the fans are desperate for something. Okay, you know, finding defensive linemen is like finding cars or girlfriends. Get the best ones when you're not even looking. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, we just gotta stop looking, and then uh, and then someone will just fall in our laps. That's how that works. More Quentin Dunbar's uh, <laughs> will fall into our lap. All right. So the other thing, uh, Pro Football Focus rated us the thirty second best defensive line in the league. Oh, good. I was going to be thirty third. Uh, possible. There's possibly a team that has a four man defensive line that would be better than our starting defensive line. I could. Uh, like a whole second defensive line that I would rather have than our first one. My question to you guys is uh, name any and all Seahawks players that you think will get more than seven and a half sacks this year. So that would be eight or greater. Can or will? Will. Will? Uh, yikes. Uh, um, I think there's a none. chance. So the answer is none. All right. How about yeah. greater than five and a half sacks? Uh, Rasheem Green. Jaron Reed. And maybe one of Bruce Irvin or Benson Mayo. I like Jaron Reed's chances and uh, a dark horse, maybe like Bruce Irvin. I think that we will have, this is my prediction. We will have exactly one player with six or more sacks. And his name will be LJ Collier. Get on board now. Let's do it. Hype train. Uh, that second part's a joke. All right. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 think, like I think I think one uh, one player will have uh, five and a half or more sacks. And if you made Ready me here pick, first defensive player of the year, LJ Collier. If you made me uh, pick one, who that person is, I I would probably force myself to pick Bruce Irvin. All right. Uh, last thing, Quentin Dunbar. He. Uh, He's cleared to cleared to go. He's ready to go. So I'm uh, glad we kept uh, jail looming over our roster for one more year. <laughs> I was gonna miss it. Yeah, Mike, this is remember? like the the Rachel and uh, guy I don't know because I don't watch Friends. Will they? Won't they? Storyline of the Seahawks. It's like Seahawks player and potential jail time. You know, name better combo. Did you? Uh, did you, Kevin? Did you see Sad. Seahawks legend uh, Miles Garrett signed a 225 million dollar extension? Uh, do you guys think that makes it so the trade's not going to happen now? Uh, I think it's sign, more likely. Sign in, sign in trade, right? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. NBA style. Mm-hmm. There's just a, uh, yeah, just going to, just wanted to get it in there. Uh, Josh Gordon applied for reinstatement. Uh, and this, most people seem to think that we are the leaders in the clubhouse to get him. That'd be nice. And uh, Antonio Brown retired for the third time since September. Mr. Big which Retirement. Is, which is a Seahawks story uh, because everyone seems to think that we're going to um, do it. Mr. The, Big um, Pension. The, also, I don't know, there's been Jaguars rumors the last like week with Yannick Ngakwe. Um, one team apparently offered a Pro Bowl player. Um, 
So do we have do we offer Ayupati? Thank you. Uh, I I thought it was I thought it was KJ Wright. <laughs> no, dude, it's uh, How pro, about bowler, pro bowler Ayupati. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, man. That Sign Yannick Ngakwe thing seems like a total mess. Uh, and he's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be much worse than last year too because their defensive line took a big hit this offseason. It did. The, uh, if it happens, oh. that's great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like oh, I'm so out on this. Just just another player that that is another Seahawks legend, uh, Yannick Ngakwe. We can add him to the list with Jamal Adams and uh, uh, Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett and Antonio Brown. Just Seahawks legends all around. That's right. I need to put him next to my Seahawks Jerry Rice jersey. <laughs> At least he actually played on the Seahawks. So. Um, Kevin, you wanted to talk about, so Chris Carson is uh, heading into his uh, free agency season next year. Uh, Derrick Henry kind of reset the market for running backs uh, 12 and a half a year, right? Is that correct? Yep, which is uh, actually um, fifth most on APY, fourth biggest running back contract. Yeah, so but that was kind of an interesting one. It's kind of, it's kind of, it kind of sets what, what the expectation is for top tier running backs hitting the market. So you wanted to say like, what, 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 what do you think Chris Carson will get? Yeah. If uh, Derek Henry is getting four and 50, when I think it's pretty safe to say that Derek Henry, could we call him uh, his ceiling a little more proven than Chris Carson's probably? Yeah. And he's more of a physical freak for sure. Yeah. Um, so maybe a little higher regarded running back. And then we also have the Kenny Drake signing, which is uh, one year and about eight and a half million. Right, um, that's so a franchise tag, right? Uh, no, I thought I thought it was a single season free agent uh, contract. No, I okay, fine. Had... Let's go with Melvin Gordon at two years and 16 there for an eight million average. That, I think fine. that's kind of our floor and ceiling for Chris Carson. Would you uh, take then, a deal somewhere between those? No, I would not take any of those deals for Chris, for Chris Carson. Um, I'm going to list you the 2021 running back class free agents. Okay. I'm just going to tell you that one of these guys plus Rashad Penny, one of these guys is going to be basement value, right? Bottom out, like be available for basically nothing. And that guy plus Penny is completely fine with me. These guys are free agents going into next year. Kenyon Drake, Leonard Fournette, Matt Breda, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman, James White, Kareem Hunt. That is a list of running backs who all are um, between good and very, very good. And uh, and Chris Carson, too. Not all of these guys are going to get paid. There's too many of them. There's like 15 guys. So for me, I just, just pick up the one that costs $4 million at the end of free agency and uh, roll with that, whether that's Philip Lindsay or whether that's Chris Carson because he has fumble problems. So he, he that definitely puts a dent on his value. Uh, just get who you can get for, for cheap. $8 million is too much. That's that's my take. So then what are you wanting to spend? Like five, six? Four. Four? Five. Maybe <clears throat> five, yeah. Because we have Penny on the rookie deal still, I think that, you know, you don't want to be sp- – the thing is you don't want to be spending more than $10 million total on running backs. And uh, if we spend much more than five, that's what that's what territory we're heading into. So, um, yeah, I think that I'm good with that, yeah. I'm good with about $5 million on our on our other running back. This year we're spending so much. Well, Carson's making nothing this year, so so we're not spending ten million. We're spending around ten million, a little under. But yeah, it's where you want to be, I think, when you're in your running back spending. Eric, Eric what, do you, what think? are you thinking? Um, it it stresses me that I don't think we'll have Carson. I think someone will overpay for him, and we'll have to pick up someone like, you know, Aaron Jones or something. It, we'll we'll get a running back. Um, that 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 plus year of uh, of Penny is 
it's looking better and better. But uh, man, I I love Chris Carson. I just love him so much. I'm with you, Nathan. Though I don't I don't really want to overpay for this, especially with all that well, all those bodies out there. Well, let's just say of these guys, which of them are going to get paid more than Chris Carson? Okay, well Kamara for sure, Mixon yeah. for sure, Cook for sure. Um, okay, yeah, Dalvin's yeah, but, getting paid, bro. <laughs> yeah, but Cook is uh, I don't know, man. I it's funny what Kamara I think is going to be like the cream of the crop of that contract class and everyone else is going to be below that then then we got the like lenny lenny fournette kenyon drake i think carson jones those guys are all kind of lump them together and i don't think any of them are that i just don't think any of those guys are going to get paid much more than like seven million dollars they would not shock damian williams in there too depending on how this year goes I think Damian Williams is 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 going to be past it. He'll be thirty going or twenty nine or thirty going into next year, and that's just, he's he's been around a lot longer than I think people think because he just never caught on. You know, he was always like kind of in the background playing for the Dolphins, and uh, now he's a yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if we got someone like Leonard Fournette. Oh, gosh, I don't really know that I want Leonard Fournette as a thing because. Leonard Fournette has the build of a physical running back, but he doesn't have the being a running back of a physical running back. Yeah, he is I would back. want Leonard Fournette only if he was cheaper than Chris Carson. If That's... I was giving Leonard Fournette Carlos Hyde's contract, sure, I'll take that stab. Like two and a half mil. I think sure. because of his injury. Carlos Hyde's getting four million this year, buddy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. You, you'd want to give him the uh, the, the low-level uh, speculative contract, not the uh, – the crazy high one. I just, yeah, like I said, I think there's too many mouths to feed there. We can get a value as opposed to, to spending out. Uh, so if someone pays Carson, great, uh, good for him. He'll get his money. And if someone doesn't, well, uh, let's be the team that gives him 5 million a year. Right. Exactly. That's, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of my, uh, my take. So, uh, I don't want to root for Chris Carson to fumble, but, uh, that's the only bad thing he does. So, so hopefully, uh, he coughs a couple up this year and keeps that on the back of other teams. minds. Yeah. That or an injury. And we end up getting him on like the, uh, um, the Jaron Reed. Only when we're ahead fumbles, but only in games where we're leading by 14 or more. Exactly. All right. You guys ready for uh, Taka NFC North? The NFC North division. All right, so let's start off with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears last year went eight, eight and eight. They uh, added Artie Burns, Nick Foles, Ted Ginn Jr., Jimmy Graham, and Robert Quinn. They lost Haha Clinton Dix, Prince and Makamura, Leonard Floyd, Nick Kiyakowski, and Taylor Gabriel. Drafting Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor. Seahawks connection. They of course were the landing spot of Seahawks false start legend Jermaine Effetti. All right, uh, Kevin, hit me with your. Chicago Bears takes. Uh, they lost some players that exist, and then they added some other players that also exist. They drafted warm bodies that are NFL sized, and now it's a different team. Maybe like I don't know. Their offseason was a nothing burger for me. Uh, I, they lost Trey Burton. They picked up the corpse of James Graham and Cole Komet, who I think is a an overrated but solid tight end prospect. I think getting him in the second round was about right though. Yeah, I would say so. They lost to Mukamura. They picked up Artie Burns, who's a, who is possibly a big liability. Um, so then are you betting on Jalen Johnson to pan out? I think they're I don't hoping really like that, that he'll, push, he'll push, he'll push uh, Artie Burns for sure. It's does, it does seem very similar. Like they, 
the defense is a little better because Robert Quinn coming in will give them a, a more solidified, uh, diverse pass rush. The offense should be slightly better uh, because, you know, you'd hope that Nick Foles is pushing Trubisky to either be good or uh, – but Nick Foles is not, is not good. So right. that, that's – my problem is that this team had one gaping problem that made them 8-8 eight eight last year. It was quarterback play, and they think that adding Nick Foles is addressing that, and that just is so short. That's the, not understanding how to build an NFL team at all. I feel like their window is somewhere between probably six and nine wins. Like nine is the big thing. If 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 I uh, Nagy's familiarity with Foles, if bringing over uh, someone familiar with him from Philadelphia, if all that pans out and Foles is able to um, be kind of his best self, then I could see them going nine and seven. I could see them winning more than that because if the if the if they had good quarterback play, they have Allen Robinson, they have weapons. Uh, on offense, I don't like their secondary outside of Eddie Jackson, Ted Ginn Jr. and but good, good safety play hides uh, hides a mediocre cornerback play. That's and true. Eddie Jackson is is really really good, and um, I'm going I, seven and nine. I went Ooh. seven. I went seven and nine also. So I'm not like super. We're not super far far apart here. Uh, just mostly on the back of the the quarterbacks being poor. If the quarterbacks are good, there's upside here, and it's definitely a team where I, I took a, I would take a hard look at the over and think like there's a chance that they could really hit this over. But yeah, I put seven and nine. I, I just don't I don't dig it. The they they drew uh they drew divisions that I would not want to play. I do not want to play the South. It's like there's only one gimme in the South this year uh, for the uh, for the AFC mm-hmm. or I mean the NFC. I mean. The Panthers are bad, but the other three teams all seem really good to me. So that's th- those are those are three tough games that every team in this division has to deal with. All right, Eric, what do you think about the Bears? Uh, Bears, I'm going over on the Bears. I have the Bears at nine and seven because they were eight and eight last year. Ooh. A slight improvement at quarterback, only because I want to root for Foles. It's Foles the, back in the NFC. If the Foles... disrespect to Mike Glennon right now, I just cannot. <laughs> Chase Daniels, the to, disrespect to Chase Daniel and the other, uh, you know, Chase, Chicago Bears backups. Chase Daniels, <laughs> the Mike Glennon of Chase Daniels. Um, uh, Foles is back in the NFC. That may not mean a damn thing, but if he's going to ever have a positive season again, it will be this year. Uh, I feel because of eight and eight last year with Trubisky, you got to add a game to that. Uh, they didn't get significantly worse. Uh, worse. I. The funny thing about this division is it's so fine. Like it's it's, it's the it's most just, mediocre. Yeah, it's sure. just there. It's it's a it's one coat of paint, and we're gonna go through all these teams. But the Bears it reminds me of the AFC South, except it's trending down instead of up. Yes, and and what team besides well, the Bears? We'll get into that, but. Really, like, there's not, it's not like, oh, but watch out for every single team in this division. No. So I have the Bears at nine and seven uh, right now out of the playoffs. The AFC South is like competitive, but you're like, hey, it's kind of frisky. And the NFC South is like, hey, it's a, uh, or NFC North is like, hey, it's kind of terrible. It's, uh, it's frisky like the creepy old guy. Bears did get, get <laughs> Bears did get my, like, one of my favorite all time uh, players to meme about, though. They got Ted Ginn, my boy. So they're going to be awesome. All right. The Detroit Lions last year went Ooh. three twelve and one. They <laughs> added, they added a uh, Geronimo ties. Allison, Jamie Collins, Chase Daniel, J. Ron Kirsten, Desmond Trufant. They lost Mike Daniels, Graham Glasgow, Snacks Harrison, uh, Ashawn Robinson, Tavon Wilson. They drafted Jeffrey Akuda. 
DeAndre Swift, Julian Aquara, and the Seahawks Connection. They are the home of Seahawks legend swing tackle Ode Abushi. All right, Eric, what do you think about the Lions? Ooh, I mean, <laughs> what do you what do you want to say about the Lions here? They still have oh, got a uh, robot. Matt Stafford. The robots got him. Oh no! The robots. Oh no! Took, but can you hear me now? The robots. The robots now. Yes, we can. Ooh, okay. Danger, uh, it's that's fine because really, I'm probably done. I just I said everything you can say about the Lions. Oh, uh, the robots! The robots are just. Fine. The Ooh. robots are not. It's not fine. The robots are just destroying Eric right now. Maybe so, it's just the Lions, right? Is it, that could be? Maybe you just gonna talk about the Lions. Yeah, they're gonna uh, suck. That's Stafford's that's still the there. Most appropriate thing ever. Go get, hit me at the end. All right. Uh, well, let's see. For me, uh, Jeff Okuda is a huge addition on the defense. They should be significantly better with Jamie Collins and Jeff Okuda and Desmond Trufant. That's a that's a big upgrade from. I think. I I mean, maybe some people really like the the players they had last year, but I think it should be better. Uh, and their offense is still going to be frisky and interesting. I hate Matt Patricia. I think he's a garbage coach. And uh, so I got them at five and 11 firing their coaching staff and then getting really good next year. So there you go. Hey, you and I are thinking along the same lines. I think Jonah Jackson was a really nice pickup who will uh, over time help solidify the interior of their offensive line um, and make up for the loss of Graham uh, Glasgow. I think that, they overpaid for uh, – I, I think they stretched to get Jamie Collins and Daron Harmon because when you have a head coach that's not creative, they just try and replicate the team that they came from. Um, you could argue kind of the same thing with getting Danny Shelton there. But in the end, it was adding, like, a bunch of, like, solid, functional, um, like, middle-of-the-road to slightly above-average players. And then they drafted pretty well. Um, but their head coach is garbage. And yeah, so they, I have them at six and 10, hopefully oh, wow. firing their whole staff and then getting better. I mean, they, they, they just hired the wrong Patriots coordinator. Like that's the word coach assistant. That's the yeah. problem is if they had Brian Flores as their coach, I'd be into the lions. I'd be like, the lions can win this division. Matt Patricia's trash. He's garbage and everything. Every story that comes out of him makes him seem like a garbage person. And that's, it's too bad because this is not a bad roster. And I think Matthew Stafford is kind of overdue for like a Renaissance season. I really hope that he gets canned and they bring in a good staff and he gets to have like a two to three year playoff run to kind of cap his career. I think he, I think he's earned it. He's made his dues big time. That's a fantasy man. It'd be nice, but Matt Patricia will get fired. They'll replace him with the pencil behind his ear. (laughs) Uh, I, 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 I will say that I, I like Jeff Okuda, the cornerback position, Andre Swift. I think that will be good for them. Matt Stafford did not play a lot last year, and this year he has some hits on the offensive line, which means he will be getting hit more. I also have this team at 5-11, and 11, mainly mainly bunching up on you know all the other samey teams in the division. Packers. Packers last year were 13-3. and three. They added Christian Kirksey, Devin Funches, and Rick Wagner. They lost Blake Martinez, Brian Bulaga, Tremont Williams, Geronimo Allison, and Jimmy Graham, drafting Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, and Josiah Deraguara. Seahawks Connection. Defensive coordinator Mike Pettin was a consultant for the Seahawks, defensive consultant for the Seahawks in 2017. Green Bay Packers don't use uh, free agency very much, so it's kind of harder to do that than with most teams. So, How about Nathan and I wanted to draft Josiah Deguara? So. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you know they put him on the they put him on the depth chart as a fullback? I know it makes me sad in my heart. Yeah, I think that that's 
fine if you use him as both. I think it's like a he's, yeah, but he, that's what I wanted us to use him as. Oh yeah, that that is that's why, why it's it makes sad. me sad in my heart. Yeah, they gave him a they gave him a tight end number, but they're listing him at fullback, which is like what you should do with fullbacks now is have a tight mm-hmm. end to play fullback. Okay, uh, Kevin, you're up. What do you think about the Packers? All right, so uh, you know nothing gets me quite excited like replacing Brian Bulaga with Rick Wagner. Mm-hmm. That's uh that's that's really good. They re-signed Mercedes Lewis. They picked up Devin Funchess. Are are you noticing a theme here? They um, this team they spent their first round pick on Jordan Love. Like this is a team like they basically <laughs> just went, um, we're not going to improve. And they went thirteen and three kind of fluky. And so I, I think that they're a team that's going to um, take at least a, a solid step backwards. Um, you might argue that they're building for like maybe two or three years from now, but I think they're beginning a downward slide. And so I have them dropping to nine and seven, picking up some wins oh, wow. against the division to eke out a playoff spot. But like if, but I could see literally any other team coming uh, in the division coming up and taking it from them. This team was totally overrated last year uh they people they're an 11 win 13 and 3 team people talked up their defense as if their defense was uh was world beaters and they were so good um they only had they only had a 63 point differential that um and just so you like to give you a point of comparison the other 13 and 3 teams both had or the third san francisco had a 169 point differential and uh kansas city had 143 and baltimore had 249 and New England had 195. Like the really elite team separated themselves from this team. They were they were fake number elite. eleven team defensive team by PFF. The Vikings, uh, P- their PFF rating defensive rank was fifteenth at the end of last season, negative one point one. They, I think they're oh. they're uh, they are uh, completely overrated. People thought this defense was really good last year. They talked about the Smiths, Preston, and Zedarius, and how great they were. And Rashawn Gary is the future, and all this stuff. And I, I just don't buy it at all. They really, they really want to. Uh, they they basically said, Aaron Rodgers, please carry us to up uh, the playoffs on your back by yourself. And I don't know if you know this, but Aaron Rodgers was drafted in two thousand five and is thirty six years old. That's a big ask, and it was really hard for me. I I wanted to just dumpster them completely, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers has enough left in the tank. He'll get the Packers to nine and seven, and they probably will win this division with that record. I don't think this is a like I said. I don't think this is a very good division. Um, that this team you forgot one thing off, they do have. This team <clears throat> bled in this offseason and then dra- used their first three picks to pick players that are going to have marginal impacts on this season or no impact. Jordan Love, nothing. AJ Dillon maybe spells Aaron Jones some, but Aaron Jones is fine. He was fine last year. He was as the workhorse, and they still have Jamal Williams. And decided to go as a fullback slash tight end player that's going to need time to develop. That's just, it's a, their draft was a nothing. They got. They're getting nothing out of this draft, and that's. They got a French coach. Rough. Malefleu, <laughs> <laughs> a French coach. <laughs> All right, uh, Eric. Uh, it's funny. Uh, throughout these entire division previews, one of us will take a two-game stand above a team. Like you know, this time I have, I have the Chicago Bears with at nine wins. Everyone's like, oh wow. Here, same guys. I have them at ten and six probably winning the division i say probably because i think that they can fall back at any time i don't think that they're going to get past 10 and 6 i think the the green bay packers management realized that last year was a bit of a fluky year 
Uh, they did have a really good defense, but they couldn't muster anything with Aaron Rodgers. So they wanted to build for the next, the next wave of whatever they're going to be while still competing. Now, how do you do that? We well, have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Um, they get, they cut some dead weight. They replaced it with bodies. I mean, if you're cutting Jimmy Graham and, and going with a body, you're probably going to be okay uh, in building for the future. So 10 and six winning the division. Their, their draft is the equivalent to the Seahawks free agency this year. Just like mm-hmm. total, totally like head scratchingly weird where they had draft assets and they completely misused them. The Seahawks this year, they had a ton of cap space and they just used it to sign a million guys that are probably not that good. So, so yeah. All right. Last one, the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings added Rashad Hill, Tajay Sharp and Michael Pierce. They lost Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, Mackenzie Alexander, Linval Joseph, J J Ron curse. They drafted Jeff Gladney, Justin Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, Seahawks connection, of course, Shamar Steven still holding down the middle of the team for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, uh, it's Eric's turn to go first. Eric, what about the Vikings? I hope the robots don't get me here. So I don't understand what the Vikings are doing. I get if Stefan Diggs is unhappy, but if you look at the narrative right now for the Vikings offseason, it's the Vikings look to return to form because they still have this core group of players. Well, this core group of players was really good on paper, but it wasn't this an amazing core group of players. We've been over the Adam Thielen stats, but... This is a guy who did not play all the last season. Towards the end of the last year, the end of the season, he was absent. Uh, This is probably your number one receiver going into 2020. And from a guy who had him in fantasy last year, this is not a guy you want as your number one wide receiver. Uh, Dalvin Cook right now, is Dalvin Cook for sure playing? Or is that just no, he's still holding he's still holding out, but a lot of people think he'll yeah. he'll okay. show up. So he'll show up. The new C- CBA, you just have no leverage as a player. Yeah. yeah you, he basically has to show up or he's going to, he's going to be still a Viking with the same contract he has now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Dalvin cook is obviously going to play for something. I think they're going to ride him just fine. It's uh, it's a fun time to be a Vikings fan and by fun. I mean, frustrating as always look what they lost on defense. Uh, they, they had a two year window. We called it on this show and they squandered it. And because of that, I think you're looking at a very middle of the road, eight and eight Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they they are going to rely on a lot of very young, very unproven corners. When like it's not like their corners were really good last year, but they were average and experienced. And now they're going to rely on a bunch of very young corners to uh, to make the. And then they need uh, they need to get pass rush from some guys who are also relatively unproven. Uh, across from Daniel Hunter, that scares me on defense. On offense. Uh, it's just not a good – I don't feel like they've done enough to improve this offensive line. Now, I love Ezra Cleveland. I think he's a great prospect. But uh, that's – they. I just think they, they needed to do something big and just, yeah, this is – I think their window's pretty much closed here. The, they're going to run a lot, Gary Kubiak. They're going to play a lot of really close games, which will make this record have a big amount of variance to me uh, because when you play in close games, you might be able to pull a bunch of them out. And Kirk Cousins is a decent enough quarterback to do that. I could see them as good as eleven and five, but I have them at seven and nine. So that wow. just shows you kind of how how big of a range I see for this uh, Vikings team. Kevin, close us up. All right. So uh, Minnesota Vikings last year had a better point differential than the thirteen and three Green Bay Packers and went ten and six. Just wanted to go ahead and slip that one in there. 
I think you hit a lot of the points. They're trying to get pass rush out of question mark, question mark, question mark. Their linebackers are good. Uh, like we know Kendricks and Barr are good. Their corners are interesting because they have Hughes, who we think maybe can do something. We have Dantzler and Gladney coming in as rookie corners, which uh, rookie corners starting early in their career is a it's it's not a super pretty picture a lot of the time. Now, when you have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, that can make up for some of that. But they also had those two players last year, and it didn't make up for the dumpster fire that that was. Uh, and another thing, too, to think about is every single cornerback on this roster right now was drafted in 2018 or later. There's that's yeah. no veteran, no veteran corners at all. This They're is all got kids. Th- these, okay. these are the ba- baby. They got baby corners. You know, it's it's it could be rough out there. Uh, I'm going to be trying to see like uh, if I'm streaming fantasy or playing daily fantasy, I want to pick guys who are playing the Vikings. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, because it could get really ugly, especially early in the year. Um, again, same story at wide receiver. Uh, Taji Sharp, who washed out with Tennessee. Uh, Ola B.C. Johnson, who looked like maybe he was coming into his own as a potential third receiver, but like it's a big question. Same with Chad B. Uh, BB. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, congratulations. Two slot receivers. Uh, do something with that. Go ahead. Uh, they didn't really address gonna, the interior of their offense. They're going to run trips. They're going to run trips on every play, Kevin. That's exactly that's run, exactly it. They'll run trips right, and Kirk Cousins will do a play action on every single play. That seems like what they tried to do. What they'll the do past. is they'll put Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. on the outside, and then run two slot wide receivers right on the inside. Run a four. Right yep, run a four. One a four set. Yep. Yeah. Um, they drafted Ezra Cleveland despite their biggest issues being at guard and center. So. This is this is a kind of a weird thing. Now, what I will say is I feel more optimistic about their future than I feel about Green Bay's because I feel like Cousins window probably has a little bit more length in it um, just because he's younger. And I feel like uh, the moves they made to rebuild, I can see where their roster is going and how it could be good. But that being said, I don't think it's going to be this season. Now, what you brought up about their coaching staff, about bringing in Gary Kubiak, and we know that uh, Mike Zimmer likes to play a certain style, and having Alexander Madison along with Dalvin Cook on the roster and Michael Boone really allows them to do kind of a pounded style, can keep games a little tighter. But I just think that they aren't going to really have the juice to pull it out they don't have like that big play receiver necessarily, and they have a high potential to get burned on big plays. So I, I have them going six and ten. Yeah, I I will say this: Kubiak is a really good offensive coordinator. Like I think he's top tier offensive coordinator. He's uh, kind of ta- forgotten about. Four time Super Bowl champion. Like he he's a, he's the real deal. He's underrated not like sure. he's underrated as a coordinator. Um, and Mike Zimmer is a def- good defensive coach. This team will be well coached, which makes me think there's upside. Yep. But it's also uh, it's a really weird roster, and they're relying on a lot of really young players to kind of make the jump immediately, especially at wide receiver and corner, which is worrying. But you almost so, wonder if they like it might be better, best for their roster if they do bottom out because maybe they could pick up their next quarterback or something. Yeah, that's true. They could they could go totally to try to try to lose and. I think that Zimmer would be pretty safe. I think we all know he's a really good coach, so he wouldn't have to worry about uh, losing his job if they were bad for one year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's a cousin's injury, like a fake injury, you know, and then sh- they start Sean Mannion for four weeks or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Nate Stanley experience. Uh, all right. No, they will never do oh, that. <laughs> they have Jake Browning on their roster. That's not yeah, going to last their camp. Yeah. Well, you get extra practice squad slots this year. So, oh, that's good uh, so, all right. Uh, they, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and for as little as $1.24 a month, get access to everything. The Discord, our new fantasy podcasts that are coming out every week this week. Uh, we got our top five, our top six uh, fantasy yep. busts that we uh, we want to. So thanks to the people that support the show. That's Lucas, Tony, Timothy, Ryan, James, Brett, Kerry, Tom, Michael, Brandon, Nick, Jay, Bob, Richard, Kieran, Mike, Flocktus, Keith, Michelle, and everyone else on the patreon in the discord thanks for hanging out um it's been pretty funny lately so movie club this week we wanted to do uh something i think a little expansive we want to do a, another fave five give this another run and remember the fave five is not in order i just want to make that clear it's just your you know five five faves any any order no no uh no order at all we're going to do disney animation studios films there's been 58 of them the most recent is frozen 2 the very first one of course snow white and the seven dwarfs so we got 56 58 movies to choose from i'd really say 57 because there's one that there's no way you could pick it (laughs) eric has it on dvd though so the um (laughs) the well i'm gonna start i'm gonna start with uh one that i think is um really fun it's really good it's got uh it's got everything i'm gonna say that we should definitely include beauty and the beast um, I think every nerd uh, can identify a little bit with Belle, and I think the relationship between Belle and the Beast is uh, very charming. Got great songs. Uh, this movie's got great animation, and it's 84 minutes long, like a kid movie. Kids movie should be. I think that Beauty and the Beast should definitely be in our Fave Five. Do you guys agree? I strongly agree. Um, I also like would like to go out there saying that the voice acting is top notch as well. Uh, Eric, do you, do you want a dissent, or are you gonna make it? Oh no, no dissent here. This is a it's a it's a good movie. A lot of people love it. If you have a chance to watch it on Blu-ray, because it's like my wife's favorite Disney movie, this movie looks like it came out last year. It's oh, the yeah. animation, the backgrounds are so well done, uh, absolutely. In all right, so we, uh, we real are... quick, I, I have a really interesting fact on uh, Beauty and the Beast. I want to include. All right, sweet. Um, so Angela Lansbury was really worried about her singing at the time. She was out of practice because she was a stage singer for a long time um, in plays. Uh, so she played Mrs. Potts and she has a basically a solo and she was really worried about it. She came in and one take nailed it. Wow. Nice. All right. Right. on. Angela Lansbury, true gangster. So, uh, all right. Uh, Kevin, give us uh, one of your uh, give us one you think we should be in our fave five. All right, so uh, I thought I was going to have to go to bat for Beauty and the Beast. So since you did that, I'm going to go ahead and take another one that's part of that Disney renaissance uh, that is much beloved, and that's The Lion King. I have a natural love for, if a movie says a loose adaptation of Shakespeare, I'm like, I'm interested. What are you doing with it? And then they're like, well, it also has a awesome soundtrack and like awesome songs. I'm like, okay, you you have my undivided attention. And they're like, okay, well, it's also a coming of age story. And I'm like, okay, that's you you didn't need to keep selling me, but you just sold me even more. Oh yeah, James Earl Jones, Jeremy Irons, uh Matthew Broderick. Uh we're gonna have all these people voice uh characters in the movie. 
like, okay, I, I was already sold still, but I mean, yeah, good on you. So it's just, it's a very enjoyable movie. It's got um, a family-friendly runtime. It's uh, got great songs. It's everything that I look for in a Disney animated movie. All right. What do you, what do you think, Eric, about The Lion King? Uh, Kevin and I kind of talked about this before. Lion King, I think, has to be on this list because it's maybe everyone's, it's in everyone's top two Disney movies, it seems. For me, I like this movie. It's not one of my top Disney movies. For some reason, it just didn't connect with me. If I like it. If this was only my fave five, I probably wouldn't put in The Lion King. I'd probably skip it. But um, I think it's a fair inclusion. And if it's Kevin's first choice, then uh, then I will. I think that it's got to be in there then, because that's yeah. going to give it. That's going to give it plenty of ranking points to get to push it through to the end. All right, Eric, give me a uh, give me your uh, first entry, guys. We're going uh, sticking with this era. We're going all the way to the Arabian Nights, Aladdin. <laughs> this is probably my favorite Disney movie that is uh, not a Pixar film. Uh, Aladdin is got the comical stylings of. Robin Williams, who is given a loose script and seems to play perfectly off the animation, which is just a a wonderful commentary on how well this film was done. The songs are beautiful, including uh, one about a, uh, a hundred of bad guys with swords. Um, it's it's got some comedy. It's got real danger with Jafar. It's got Gilbert Goffrey in it. That's that's enough for me to love the movie. Aladdin. That's my choice. All right. Um I'm going to say not Aladdin too. same thing I said uh, about the last movie, which is that if it was just my fave five, I don't think Aladdin would make it, but I think uh, it's a, it's a very worthy inclusion. It's a, it's a good movie. It's really solid film. But uh, for me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, but not like a huge fan. So, uh, but if it's your number one, then I think it's definitely going to, going to make it into the fave five. Kevin, do you have anything to say about Aladdin? Uh, It would land somewhere on my five. I think Robin Williams performance, uh, it literally changed the way that voice acting was cast uh, for animated movies. And he nailed it in such a way that it's probably the most memorable thing about the movie. But going back after the live action version came out and uh, re-listening to the songs, the way that they are originally done, I think this is another one that nails the singing. And I will say for Disney movies, the songs carry some weight for me. And so I would include it because I think Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and the Lion King kind of set the bar. So right. having these three, I think, is good. I will. I'm going to list off just the other movies that I um I think could be contenders. And then you guys can tell me if I missed anything. You guys go with that. So, uh, OK, Moana, Zootopia, um, then going back, uh, Lilo and Stitch, Emperor's New Groove, Mulan. And then uh, you go, you gotta go old school after this. Jungle Book and uh, Pinocchio. I think those are the other movies that I could see uh, making it into uh, like my personal fave five. Is there anything that I completely missed there that you guys think should definitely be under consideration? Uh, I personally like 101 Dalmatians over Pinocchio, but I don't really think either one's going to be in the discussion. Okay. I would agree with that sentiment. Also, in the old school, uh, the Fox Robin Hood, always a good time but would not make it. Um, I would like to commend you on uh, not saying The Little Mermaid because that movie's trash. Yeah, it's not. It's okay. The songs <laughs> and, are good and it's entertaining, but it's not like a, 
it's not in this it's not in this conversation for me and you guys are you guys are sleeping on pinocchio a little bit dude jiminy cricket slaps he's like this is a good movie that's the uh, only thing i like about the movie though and <laughs> if it was songs only hercules is on there because the soundtrack for hercules that's the best there's some good like, voice that's, that that's top top tier. there's some good voice got a true villain and james woods in it so that's yeah, james, <laughs> james wood it's uh all right so w- let's let's get into it then what do, what do we think should fill these last two spots we've got our, our short list here uh is there any, any you think are like about rise above the rest are we going to pick every disney movie newer are we going to pick every disney movie pick made between 1991 <laughs> and 1998 yeah we did the we did the triple in a row i'll i'll put my my flag right in moana uh, did be- you say tangled by the way i did not but i i like tangled but i just don't uh, tangled's a solid movie but i don't think it's as good as the other movies i said okay, like it's more would, it's more I, fun to me than good it is really fun i would agree with that i would plant my flag in zootopia over Moana personally, but I would be accepting of either of those. So I would yeah. allow Nathan to break the tie between Zootopia and Moana. Well, you already, you already know what I'm going to pick then. Uh, pick Moana. Moana's good. It's got fun. Like Kevin said, the the music matters mm-hmm. a lot. The music in Moana is really good. Uh, it's really well written and well performed. Uh, I think it's quite a uh, charming movie. And I, I really like it. So f- for our, our modern entry, I think Moana is a great pick. Uh, can we talk about the Emperor's New Groove? We can, because <laughs> I love this movie so much. What do you uh, love? It's so funny. Just like the 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 humor in this movie is just so uh, above curve for for a, a kids movie, and and the voice, the vo- David Spade, Spade Goodman, and John Goodman, and Patrick Warburton is the so Warburton. funny in this movie. Oh my gosh, yeah. I just think this yeah. movie is super super funny, and. Uh, it's it's tough because I mean it's competing against a lot of really fantastic movies here, but uh, I just I just wanted to at least like get on a, a corner and say like if it's if it's my five I'm picking Emperor's New Group, but uh, I I understand if you guys want to go a different direction. So let's start down on this real quick because to me I think we can narrow it to three. Okay. We can either uh, revisit Zootopia, which I think is worth a conversation, but otherwise. I would go with Emperor's New Groove, or we're talking about beating some Huns. Yeah, Mulan is a really because good Mulan choice. Mulan is good. I figured Mulan would be the direction you guys would want to go. But uh, Emperor's New Groove is legit, legitimately extremely funny and watchable. Emperor's New Groove is really enjoyable. Uh, you can't sleep on the music on that. For me, it's going to be Mulan or a movie we haven't mentioned yet, and that's Princess and the Frog. Um, oh, okay, nice. One, it's got it's got Keith David in it, and that is a podcast favorite. Uh, <laughs> what is really funny about this though is John Goodman is in an auxiliary role. Look at the star power in this movie. You got John Goodman, Oprah. You got John Goodman, Oprah. Yes, thank you. And Keith <laughs> David. My point is how good this movie is with so little star power. Kind of like Emperor's New Groove is. Uh, it's that's a testament to how good this movie is. Having said that, uh, like for me, it's between that and Mulan and whatever you guys pick. If it were between those two, I would have no qualms. Um, I just want to mention a movie that I really like too. I really like Wreck It Ralph. Uh, it's funny and uh, the the um, the villain character Alan Tudyk, the King Candy, yeah, um, is a uh, it's just hilarious. <laughs> um, give him some candy. I don't know <laughs> that that stuff is hilarious. <laughs> Alan Tudyk to me. is such a such a uh, great actor. Uh, but uh, that movie's 101 minutes, which is way too long for a kid's movie. That's that's the problem with Wreck-It Ralph. Um, okay. They needed to find 10 minutes to trim in that one. Uh, so are we narrowing we all, it to Emperor's we, New Groove and Mulan? 
we all said Mulan, so I feel like that's the that's the choice. It was all it was mentioned across the board. Okay. Which I feel like it's enough to push it over. Um, that the finish line. I mean, let's just vote Emperor's New Groove or Mulan. I'd pick Emperor's New Groove. Eric, what would you pick? I'd pick Mulan. Mulan. And Kevin. Ugh, I have to break the tie on this. There you go. You get the power. This, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want the responsibility of this. Um, they're both really good. So. They are really good. I don't feel like there's a wrong choice in here, but I'm gonna take the Emperor's New Groove because I feel like go. it represents a different generation where Mulan is a little closer to those Lion King movies. All right, so we picked Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, The Emperor's New Groove, and Moana. If you want to tell us what your fave five is for Disney movies, hit us up on Twitter or jump into the Discord in the Movie Zone channel and say what your favorite Disney movies are. For Kevin, for Eric, we will see you next week. Go Hawks.